Pretend we have an issue. What's going on, sir? What's going on there, right? Yeah. Play the intro and we're gonna get it cracking. Go for it. All right. Welcome to another episode of Men Ground with JLE, LLC, where we treat you like family. We got a special Marvel Madden edition with my big brother, assistant director of accounts payable, DPSCD, Jonathan Edwards. Welcome to the show. Thanks, sir. What's going on with you? You give a brief view about you before we get into the topics. Uh, let's see. I'm assistant director of DPSCD. Um, I've been there 12 years. Prior to that, I worked in industry for uh, Ryan Inc., which did tax consulting for Ford Motor Company, all subsidiaries. I am a 2005 graduate of Wayne State University. I am a 2008 MBA graduate of the University of Phoenix. And I hold a advanced degree of um, accounting from University of Phoenix also. I'm a proud graduate of Thomas McIntyre Cooley, class of 1991. Um, I've just been like a journeyman with learning and knowledge and everything I've accumulated. So I'm just trying to learn and give back when I can, you know, give advice to people that's trying to um, either start a business or do something that's tax related. Uh, you know, family man, been married 20 years. Um, two beautiful daughters. We got a grandson. Um, proud Detroiter, stay here in the city. I live in the suburbs, but it ain't nothing like Detroit, man. I don't care what nobody tell you. It's a whole different flavor in Detroit, and the way the uh, city is rebounding, the Renaissance is taking place right now. It's an exciting time to be here. Okay, I ask you a few questions. Go ahead. We'll cover the things. <clears throat> What made you want to be a accountant? I've always loved numbers when I was a little kid. Um, when I was younger, like 12, 13, Kat, um, he sat me down. He was like, look, you can be the guy that's out here trying to get this money. But everybody going to always have to hire somebody to count their money. And that struck me like, okay, so you out here, you working, you get rich, and you paying the guy to count your money, balance your books and everything. And back in the 80s and the 90s, accountants were stealing money and dipping because people trusted people too much. And I was like, 
If I get rich, I ain't trying to have somebody count my money. I ain't counting my damn self. <laughs> <laughs> so I show no. So I show no. Ain't nobody gonna be able to disappear if I got super rich. Cause you know people get relaxed when they get money. You know it's like superstar rich, like True. uh mega, not mega millions rich. But you know how like you hear about athletes, um, athletes, professional singers. Musicians, they make all this money and mess around, and somebody give them bad advice and they wind up broke. I wasn't trying to do that. I was trying to figure out, okay, if I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna steer the way I want to. Okay, um, that is that's gonna be an interesting question because I know being a custodial supervisor at SBM, Wayne State do raise you a little bit in the different personalities you encounter. How has that bred you for your job title now? Oh my God, <laughs> Wayne State experience. Now look, we gonna we gonna get. Some, I'm gonna give a shout out to a deceased brother, my boy Hen. He used to tell me it's a lot of things you will learn. He said, but some people they never leave Wayne because Wayne State give you a different. Um, you, you know, you encounter so many different cultures, so many different people, but on the flip, the students there when I was in school, they looked, they didn't look at the um, custodians as like equals or whatever. They were like servants. That's <laughs> what they looked at them. They was like, okay, well, you got to clean up behind me. Until you walk into the classroom and you sit down next to them and you pull your books out. And they're looking at you like, are oh, you going to school here? And you say, yeah. And then when you tell them that your schooling is free. Oh, yeah. Then they look at you even different. Like, well, wait a minute. So you ain't got to pay nothing, but I'm paying a full freight. I said, the only thing I got to do is clean up behind you. And I'm all right with that because it's going to pay dividends in the end. Oh, they mean now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, on being prepared just to deal with industry and different people, I mean, you get so many. First of all, anybody that's, that works for anybody, if y'all together eight to ten hours a day, y'all become like family. Even if you want to, even if they don't want to believe it, because you know about when they get sick, what happened with their mama, their sister, their girlfriend, their car yeah. problems, if they're trying to go to school, what's going on in their life. You hear about all that. So, y'all, you know, you become like family with some of these people. And you can see, and you like most families, you got them cousins that, you know, you can't trust. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's good old one. <laughs> but then you get those people who like your ride or dies, man. You know, you can call them to this. I can call people to this day. Yeah. I work for the Wayne State and ask for a favor. And they look out for me. But it teaches you to say, okay, never look down on anybody because of what they do. Now, I see the custodians at my job. I talk to all of them. I try and learn their names. I try and greet them with kindness. I try and always encourage them. And I tell them this all the time. I used to be here. You know, they walk by my desk and they, you know, they be trying. Mm -hmm. See, you don't have to do all that. I empty my own trash. I ask for trash bags. I have to sweep, you know, I offer, uh, I'll offer to clean off my own desk. I'm like, dude, you ain't got to do that. I said, I used to do that. I used to have people who treated me like I was their servant. So I know what it's like to be you. And you take that perspective with you. And That's industry, true. You treat everybody with a certain amount of kindness because you remember how it felt when somebody treated you down 
just because of the position that you held at that time in your life being a custodian. I couldn't move up down there with that green uniform on and got a business degree. <laughs> and that, was, that was my Crazy. problem, too. Wayne State has lost so many good people mm-hmm. that worked in the custodial department who graduated, took advantage of it, got a degree, and wanted to stay and help the university be better. But the departments, they looked down on the fact that you got that green uniform on and didn't want to let you advance. Now, if Wayne State, if somebody from Wayne State is listening to this broadcast, guess what? I dare you to tell me different because I've experienced it firsthand. Me too. That's why I'm at SBM. <laughs> I tried to get in y'all accounting department. Nope. I tried to get in human resources. Nope. I tried to work in financial aid. Nope. I tried to stay. I wanted to help the students that I knew I was a part of and they just wouldn't let me do it. But it's funny the way life takes you because I left there and it's like one of these things that need to happen. A friend of mine, his wife was working at a tax firm and called me and said, hey, I know you're getting ready to graduate. We're looking for people. Got an awesome opportunity because I was getting ready to graduate. I didn't have any internships. I didn't have any of that stuff. But I got this job that they had. And it gave me five years of experience to actually learn how to deal with people. That's in higher uh, job titles who all showed me one thing. They was like, look, I put my pants on just like you. And I remember the, the director of international tax told me this. His name was, everybody called him BG. But he said, I put my pants on just like everybody else. You don't have to treat me no different but I expect you to do your job every day you come in. Yeah, that's true. I do the same in my job. Show love to, I was once one of them. And it's weird because they had revolving supervisors for a minute, so very distrustful. But after three months, they see what I was selling is what I'm saying. And now they have bought me into a degree. Yeah, because when you first, when I first became a, a supervisor, when I first got my job, I didn't realize that I was going to be like a supervisor over like 10 people. And when I got introduced that day, and it's the lady told me what my job title was, because principal account doesn't sound like supervisor. And DPS mm-hmm. has all these uh, crazy titles for management positions. And then when I started, they were like, okay, you'll be a principal accountant. I just heard accounting, and I was like, okay, I'm good with that. I saw how much you pay. I said, well, I can do this. Because after just working for Ford Motor Company, I know I could work anywhere. So I was introduced to 10 people, and my my direct report told me, these are your staff. And I don't know what you mean, it's my staff. They said, these are people that's going to report to you. And I'm looking like, for real? And she said, yeah. And I was like, who would have thunk it? So I said, all right. I told all of them, look, Mr. Edwards was my father. You can call me John, you can call me Jonathan, or you can call me J.E. Any of the three I will answer to. We're going to sit back and we're going to try and have as much fun as we can every day that y'all come to work. And it evolved because a lot of people, you know, DPS went through like this big traumatic layoff period when Robert Bob was there. And they cut people, they cut the place to the bone. 
I went from having 10 people to me and two temps. Mm. And that's a big cut. That's a hell of a cut. Yeah. <laughs> but we were able to still accomplish all the goals that we that we had. And I had some really good people. And I wanted to get them hired in. But if you keep telling somebody, okay, we can't hire yet. Because it took like five years for us to actually get financially sound again. And by the time they did that, they were like, okay. People had got better. They mm. thought they had lied to them. And I was like, I'm not lying. I'm trying to get you in. But financially, we just couldn't hire you at the time. Mm-hmm. So when things started happening, you know, it was like, okay. Then they started asking for um, certifications, degrees. And I was like, all I can do is work with what they put in front of you. So I told everybody, like, when it started, I was like, look, if you go out and you get your degree, take and I Anybody that's a listener of this show right now, if you take two classes for five years, you take two in the spring, two in the summer, two in the fall, okay, you can whittle these credit requirements down. If you can put enough time into planning going on a trip, planning on uh, doing all these things, you can plan for your future because... And I'm not saying every college is for everybody, but most the most um, jobs that people um, want to get into require a degree or 60 hours of college credit, which basically is an associate degree. Now, I like the fact that over the course of the years, it's went from you got to be in college to where skilled trades are now being put back in the forefront because when I was in when I was in high school, I went. I took uh, construction technology at Randolph Botech Center on Six Mile Hub. It was a great experience because I also thought ahead because my grandfather used to tell me, he was like, look, if you're going to pay somebody to come in and tell you what they can or can't do, you can take the time to learn to do it yourself so you can do whatever you want to in your house when you want to do it. So I took two years there, and I was mad because the last year I was supposed to be there, I broke my foot, and I couldn't get all the knowledge I was supposed to. So I did learn the rough end of um, construction technology. I can build a house from the ground up. It was the finished product that I wasn't polished in. But over the last 20 years, just working on projects and doing stuff around the house, I really gotten really good. So I got my skill tight once more. And thank God, and a lot of people are gonna say this for YouTube. If yeah. you're looking to do something around your house, the first thing you should do, if you if you um call a contractor and they come out, one, ask them one important question. Are they gonna pull a permit? If they tell you they ain't got to, kick them out your house. Because you want to make sure that everything is up to code because if you ever want to sell your house and they can't trace back all the work that was done properly, they're going to be looking like, no, nah, you got to get this up to code. And a permit says that they at least are going to make it to the uh, whatever state you stay in, minimum code requirement. So at least you can, you can pass a building inspection. Now, I say all that because as people sit back and they want to open up their living rooms, their dining rooms, they want to add an addition upstairs. They want to uh, take two rooms and cut them in half. 
You got to have one. You got no math. You don't know math. Guess what? You ain't doing the work. You gotta, you gotta measure with a tape measure. You gotta make cuts. You gotta make angles. All that stuff. That people say, "Oh, I never see this again, or never use it again." Guess what? If you want to use it, skilled trades. They good at math. Plumbing, electrical, um, carpenters, masons, everybody. They use math every day. So please don't think you're gonna say, "Well, I want to go to college because I want to mess with math." You're going to see it eventually. You might as well embrace it. It's everywhere. Math is your friend. It's everywhere. YouTube does teach you a lot. Oh, it man, takes you can learn. Bro, YouTube, I will go on YouTube and look at, okay, this is how they say how you do it on there. Because you can't consult or call somebody and say, hey, tell me how I do this. But they show you know you got a lot of people who do it yourselfers that sit back and show you the process they went through for uh, putting up drywall, putting in a sink, taking out taking out a faucet, laying a floor, putting in carpet, laying tile. You can learn mm-hmm. everything from YouTube if you have the desire to do it yourself. If you tell yourself I'm gonna mess this up, guess what? You're gonna mess it up. If you tell yourself, I'm going to give it my best shot at what I'm doing, guess what? Take some pictures of it, what it look like before you even touch it. Take some pictures of it midway through and take some pictures when you get done. You're going to be like, wow, I did a great job. Because I try and document all my work now just so people can see, okay, he ain't playing around. I, the pandemic during this time Last two years, I put so much work into my house. I read it about, you know, you, you, you want to take that time and actually do something constructively because most people just sat at home like, okay, what I'm going to do. But Home Depot, Lowe's, and all those companies, they saw a big boom because people were like, okay, if I'm at home, I'm about to actually do some work. Yeah, a lot of people made home theaters. Man, they be home theaters, home offices. <laughs> like, I ain't um, going on really, with this pandemic like this. Let me make it at the crib. I mean, if if this didn't teach you nothing else, you need to take your house and make it into your Taj Mahal. When you pull up to the, to your house, if you didn't have time, you say, "Okay, I'm gonna take it room by room." You paint a room, okay, that look good. Next room, I might want to add some shelves. This room, I might want to do this. Can you get the whole thing done? Yeah, take your time. I literally done every room in my house, <clears throat> just taking my time. And I asked my wife, "What does she want?" And I gave her exactly what she wanted. Okay. So, what advice would you have for someone trying to find their purpose? The first question they should ask himself. What makes me happy? No one should go to a job, a career, occupation, anything where they're going to hate going there every day. If you're doing that, you're defeating your own self. Because you're not going to be your best self at work. You're not going to be the best version of yourself. I tell everybody, when you sit down, you start thinking about life plan, life goal. 
you need to have a one three five. And people are like, what the heck is a one three five? You can have a first year goal, a third year goal, and a fifth year goal. Once you accomplish your fifth year goal, you flip it and you start all over again. Say, okay, what am I gonna do next? If you sitting at home right now, you listen to this broadcast, and you sit in an apartment, and you hate the apartment because you hate your neighbors, you hate the people you stay next to, you hate the smell. Okay. One, is this the advice I would give? Look at your credit score. What's on it that's holding you up from getting a house? Okay. Call everybody on that list. Start making payment plan, payment agreements to pay every, pay all of this stuff off. It's not going to be immediate. But as you start to knock off what's on this list that you can afford, you're going to see your score start, start to climb. Third year, what you want to do? Okay, and in your third year, you want to be able to get to the house. Okay. You paid off your credit the first year. Three years, you try to stack up some money. Then you found the house that you want. Okay, can you afford the house? Don't go out and buy nothing that you can't afford. You'll be house poor. Meaning, if you make $500 every two weeks, and you out and get a $2,000 house, you will never be able to afford this house. That's what, that's what contributed to the housing um, explosion. They was giving people houses they couldn't afford. And they was betting against them as to when they were going to get the house um, taken back from. That's how the whole derivative mess worked. Now, fifth year ago, okay, you found it. What you going to do with it once you get in it? Is this going to be a rental property? This is going to be a primary residence from now on? Figure out exactly what you want to do. Because if you're going to live in it from now on, make it look nice. If you're going to rent it out to somebody, make it look like something somebody else would want to rent from you. And remember, there's a guy who was sitting at the starting point with a bad credit. You're trying to make sure when he gets to where you are, that he can appreciate what you're going to give him when you let him rent or buy your house. That's what it should be. That's the house part. Goal-wise, and um, career-wise, you really need to think about what makes you happy. If you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to get a job in industry, you want to be in skilled trades, you got to sit back and think, okay, reassess your skills. What are you good at? Are you good at math? Are you good with your hands? Are you good with numbers? Are you good with people? And then figure, okay, what jobs that you can get that you don't like? People don't realize this right now, but this is their market. Employers are begging. They're desperate for people to come work for them. Because they keep saying they can't find nobody. Yeah, I do hear that. You have to figure out what it is that you want to do that's going to make you happy. Don't just take any old job. Don't walk into the plant thinking about, oh, yeah, I'm going to do like my uncle did. I'm going to work here for 20 years. It's a grind in the plant. They they have, they do sometimes seven days a week, 10 hours a day, and it wear on them because they do that to take care of their family because this is what they wanted to do when they started. Is this something that you want to do? You got to ask yourself this. Do you want to be a carpenter? Okay. 
Look at the market. Is there enough work going on? Are they building where you live at to sustain this type of industry? Do you want to be an electrician? Do you want to be a plumber? You have to figure out what do you like to do? That's where it started. That's how I got it in my career. Accounting was something that I like to do. I just stuck with it. I could have, back then, they were like, okay. They was telling um, young black men, oh, you can be a carpenter. You can be this. Why don't I tell you you can be an accountant? They was pushing people this way. I was like, no, I want to do this. I said, I want to sit in the office. I want to use my brain. I don't want to have to uh, be out here in the cold, climbing up on roofs. I want to do that. <laughs> I just didn't. Back then, Detroit didn't have a big building boom. Most people that got into skilled trades, they knew each other. If you didn't know somebody, you wouldn't get in. That's truth. Okay. Now it's open to everybody. They begging people for skilled trades because the city's constantly building. The surrounding communities and areas, they're constantly building. So yeah, it's this big need and this big boom right now. But you got to figure out, okay, is this something that you want to do with your life? 15 years from now, is this something that you still want to do? Because they used to say, okay, Everybody's going to, when I was in school, they said, you're going to change careers. You're going to have five major career changes. And I'm like, five? And they were like, yeah. You got to think about it. The person you are at 18 is different than the person you're going to be at 25. It's going to be different than the person you are at 30. Different than the person you are at 35 and 40. Because your needs and your wants are going to keep changing. So you should figure out right now something that you like to do. That will sustain you. Because right now, it's something else I want to do. But I'm trying to figure out how to make it happen. I don't want to quit my job. But it's something that I really love. That's going to segue into the next thing we're going to talk about. And I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how to actually design and make one. I want to make a video game. Okay. But... I'm not a I'm not a, a programmer. I'm trying to figure out a way to design something that's easy, user friendly, and that people want to actually play. Because this is something that I want to do. Because I tell my grandson this all the time. Well, you don't want to be the guy that's buying the game all the time. You want to be the guy that's making the game. All these kids running around talking about they want to play Fortnite. They want to play this. They want to play that. <laughs> Roblox. Roblox. Minecraft. You to, and these are simple games, dude. But I you want to be no the guy. Boy. You want to be the guy that's building the game. That's the guy that's making all the money. That's true. Fortnite. Look, I'm about to say something. A lot of parents are going to be like, yeah. I can't believe this, but that, yeah. Once upon a time, you can see it in the movies or whatever else. In a dope game, they give you that first hit for free. And when you get hooked, you always running back. That's how it is with drug dealers. 
Fortnite, dude, is crack for kids. These kids is turned out on that game. They turn into different people. Ask anybody you know that's got a kid that play Fortnite. That kid would go in there and be nice as I don't know what. Two hours into that game, angry, mad, because you can't save the game. You do all that work and get out, and they be mad. You hear them throwing controllers. You like, nah. But they hooked. They hooked on this game. I can't play no game that I can't save. It makes no sense. Damn stuff you gotta buy. Now you using parent credit oh, cards, bro. That's how they I'm get. You. That happened before. <laughs> Wait a minute. When I started this, I told you the first hit is for free. They give you the game for free to download. Now, once you download the game, all these little costumes and accessories and and weapons mm-hmm. you need. Now you gotta pay for it. Yep. That's the I heard them stories with customer service. <laughs> you ask, you ask, now all your people that's listening to this broadcast right now, how many PlayStation cards did Joe Child ask you for? They they went from, nah, they didn't do this for Christmas. Mama, I want to buy, uh, I want a coat, I want some Jordans, I want this, I want that. Most of the kids said, Mom, I want a PlayStation 5. I need about $200 in PlayStation cards. Did they about to turn around and give to who? Fortnite. Or one of the other games, they got to buy these extra characters and this extra stuff. Yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> now, how many kids is it? Several million. Okay, so that's a low these number. kids say they want $200. Dude, they killing the game. That's why I won't end. I won't end on that. Uh, yeah, you... I love I love playing video games. I want to make one day, but okay. If I get at least a hundred thousand people to play my game, I'm good. Yeah. At the price of that game, yeah, that's a win. <laughs> I mean, and guess what? I ain't got to go nowhere. I can make it as a download. Yeah, that's and you put the work in and research, find a code or something. You you figure that out. That's all I need is a coder, bro. I'm trying to teach myself how to code. I'm trying to do that myself. I'm trying to make it all self-contained. It just take time because, like anything that's worth having, you got to put some time into it. Then got to do the research. That's definitely great advice. Now we transition to Marvel. It made a billion dollars. Spider Man No Way Home. What did I now nah, when you when did I did not take that long. <laughs> when I went to this when I went to the show, I saw it Friday when it came. I think that was December, what the uh the seventeenth? Yep, when it came out, yep. Okay, I saw it on the seventeenth when it came out. I saw it in three D. I was sitting there, and if a lot of people now don't realize, okay, cats who've been reading comic books for over 30 years, this is the greatest thing in the world for us. Because yeah. we're getting to see everything that we read in paperback form 
It's now live on the screen. And Marvel Studios is putting the work in to actually bring they to bring Stan Lee. And today is Stan Lee's would have been his 99th birthday. Yep. Great Stan Lee. Gave us all these great characters. Stan Lee gave us all these great characters. But one of the things, we're gonna get back to the movie in a minute. But I was watching the clip of one of the last interviews Stan gave. He was telling the people about uh he had this character and it was really bugging because he, he had a vision of a character that could climb on walls. But he was looking at a fly at first and he was like, man, that'd be amazing if somebody could climb on walls and do this and do this. And he said that, he said, well, I can't. He said, a fly don't put fear in nobody. He said, but people are scared of spiders. He said, just like Batman, that would strike fear in anybody's heart that he fought. But he's like, okay. Mm-hmm. He said, all these superheroes are usually grown. He said, I don't want to do that. I want to get his kids some real problems. I want to make him a kid. I make him a teenager. He said, what's the hardest part of your life? Being a teacher, teenager. He said, a, te- a superhero that's a teenager is going through more problems than anybody else. He said, on top of that, hmm. He said, let's make him the one that everybody picks fun of. But he can't really fight back the way he wants to because he might hurt somebody. He took this idea and he pitched it to his editor. And his editor was like, this is the worst idea I've ever heard. He was like, nope, we're not going to do that. He said, it's terrible. So Stanley shelved it. But it kept bothering him. Because he was working for um uh, was it timely comics, I think? If it wasn't timely, it was yeah, timely between timely Marvel because they because everybody worked at Marvel worked at DC and mm-hmm. all these other off-friends, uh combo companies at one time or another. He said, but it kept bothering me. And he sat down one day, he said, you know what? I'm calling Spider-Man. I'm making a kid. He came with the whole thing. They said they had one um comic book that was getting ready to go out of um that was about to end a run. It was called Amazing Fantasy. And he was like, you know what? I'm gonna stick him in here just for the heck of it. Just to see what happens. He wrote the story and he put him on the cover. And the sales went through the roof. Oh wow. And they ran, and uh, when the numbers came in, his editor came in and was like, that was the greatest idea we ever had in our life. <laughs> of course. So you said poo-poo earlier on. And he looked at him, and he was like, what? And he said, he said all this, and say, don't ever let nobody tell you that your idea is good or bad until you actually try it and see what happens. I tie this back into yeah. your career goals, your education goals, anything you want to do in life. Don't ever let anybody tell you what it is that you want to do, aspire to do, is a bad idea. Unless you're talking about killing somebody, bad idea. <laughs> Robbing a bank, worst idea. But anything that's going to motivate you, good idea. And Stan yeah. Lee was always good for it. He told some really great stories. 
And when I saw Spider-Man No Way Home, I was like, wow, I'm not going to give away anything because I don't know if anybody in your line still ain't saw the movie. But it was one of the greatest uh, ways to tie together everything that's ever been done using the name Spider-Man. They probably heard about it right now, but I'm not going to say what happened. But it was one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. And when I walked out the theater, I was like, okay, it's the last day of school. Everybody's out. We got Christmas break coming up. New Year's. I was like, everybody's going to go see this movie. I was like, I give it three days before it makes half a billion. I said, I give it a week before it makes a billion. I said, going into two weeks, it should clear almost 1.5, close to $2 billion. And my estimates were right. Yeah, they they mind boggled by it. It's the first billion dollar movie during the pandemic, but it's Marvel. But it ain't just Marvel because any they can release any Marvel movie. The uh, let's see, Black Widow didn't make that much money because of the way they did it. Um, Shang Chi made money, but they didn't make money like this. When you have like those beloved characters. Yeah, that's true too. Your Spider Man, your Iron Man, Thor, the Hulk, uh, the Fantastic Four, the X Men, um, just those great staple power, characters. Great responsibility. Right, those staple characters that people grew up on. When they release a movie, and when you see in a preview, it look like it's gonna be really good. No matter what the situation, people are gonna go see it. No one wants to be the last person to see anything. And some Marvel movies, like I still haven't seen the Eternals yet. It's a cool movie. I like the Eternals. I read all the books, but I was like, nope, I'm not. I can wait for it to come to Disney Plus. <laughs> I just told myself, nope, not going. But when Spider Man came out, I was like, oh my god, I can't wait for this. Just like they did a Days of Future Past. Make all of it link up because you well, got to. This is sort of like everything out there all link up. No, they sort of put the cart before the horse because when they did uh into the Spider Verse, the um animated movie. Oh yeah, that pretty much did it. Sort of like okay, if and I know somebody probably had the idea if we can do this. In an animated movie, why we can't do this in a live action movie? An um, Ultimate Avengers cartoon movie? Let's make that the Marvel Cinematic Universe in real life. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and they did. You, you had like um, dude who produce who plays Happy Hogan. People, a lot of people don't realize these names. He's the one that directed the first Iron Man movie. Yeah, first two. So, with his vision, he brought Tony Stark literally to life. And once once that movie was done, it set the stage for everything else. And I don't know if you ever heard him talking, but if they did make the Dark Knight a movie about a comic, 
he took that same formula and put it in Iron Man. Yeah, the way um, because he wasn't a cart a comic book movie like we was used to seeing that cheesy stuff back in the day. No, he was trying to make a movie about a guy with a purpose. And if you look at it, if anybody's ever seen um the What If cartoon series on uh Disney Plus, What If basically took all the movies and said, I'm gonna show you just how important these people really are. Because if they weren't here at that certain point, all of this would have went wrong. Yeah. If there's no Iron Man, guess what? A lot of this don't happen. So they're yeah. telling you, if we didn't get this right, you wouldn't have got the rest of this. No, you really, 10 years later, you wouldn't think get that one right. And it's funny because I remember Robert Downey, every on TV, Robert Downey, him, on, he in the court for his drug and drinking problem. I'm like, one day he's going to get his life right. And then I read, he's going to play Iron Man. Like, that's why he went through that. He can he lived that character's life. And then revitalized his career. And what did I tell you when they announced it? I was like, he's perfect. He's mm-hmm. lived, he's basically he lived. lived Tony Stark's entire comic book life. Because the people had never read the comic books about Tony Stark, he was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he's a womanizer. He uh had his battle with substance abuse. He's had a lot of problems. I mean, it was bad to have the news people like Robert Downey is a hell of an actor, but he just can't get right. He couldn't get out of his own way. And it was like, oh, you 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 were Iron Man before this. You about to be what you should have been. And what he should have done back then, he's doing now with his career. Yeah, I mean, he's really literally he embraced he, that character. He embraced the character. He took off. He's taking it um, and using his fame. The old kids. Us, he's doing it. Like they say, God will take you through something. And when you get to the other side, you'll be like, that's why I had to go through this. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting at home right now going through something. You can't realize why you're going through it. He's preparing you for something bigger than yourself. You just got to be ready. Like Eminem said, when you get that one opportunity, that one shot, be ready. I mean, jump on it. And that's what he did with Iron Man. Yeah, that's like Stephen Amell. He embraced being Oliver Queen. And because his show was a hit on regular TV, it's why we started getting more DC movies. But he fought for his, He fought for everybody that worked with him. He yep. raised. He brought back I mean, Constantine. He, he got and angry. All got to connect, man. And we had Christ on Infinite Earth. And that was awesome. That was awesome. But he told me, he was like, y'all missing the formula that Marvel was using to keep killing us. They showing you everything they do is connected. But y'all keep writing, it's like everything is separated. Mm-hmm. That's how you got the Flash. That's how you got Let's Up Tomorrow. That's how you got Batwoman. That's how you got everything. Man, so many shows spawned from that one show. <laughs> from from that one character. show gave you everything else. That's why they call it, they call it the Arrowverse. Yep. But I would have loved seeing the Arrowverse spill from the small screen to the big screen. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been dope for a movie. And they did. And when they did, uh, what you call it, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, they actually did it. The big screen spilled all into the small screen because Ezra Miller actually appeared 
on one of the episodes. Yeah, with Grant Guster. TV Flash. And that was a dope moment. That Flashpoint movie going to be dope, too. Dude, when they Brought do that, Michael Keaton. Dude, if they do it right, a lot of people going to be like, man, I didn't know. Because they did some really big things. Because there was a time when both Marvel and DC had a problem. Excuse me, with people buying um, comic books. That's why they're so pricey now. I mean, that's why they started selling characters and doing all this other stuff because they couldn't sustain just staying afloat. So they were like, okay, we're going to do a comic book where Marvel and DC team up. We're going to switch over. They were trying to actually help each other out. But could you imagine seeing a movie where um, Dark Phoenix shows up with um, Dark Side and uh, Apocalypse. That'd be epic. But they still never did the Phoenix saga right in film. I know. I, I don't. But see, that's I mean, because I mean, Marvel Studios. Call, call me, a, a, I guess, a Marvel snob. Go watch X-Men cartoon and recreate that. That's all you got to do. Dude. Directly for dummies. Just remake that. No, Stop I'm with your ideas. Just do that. I'm telling you now. And it'll be that's, awesome. That's because. I mean, come on. Sony Studios, Sony Studios still own rights to the movies. Now what the hell? The way it's supposed to go now, they setting everything up for Secret Wars. Because in the original Secret Wars, in the original Secret Wars, it was the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, and Spider-Man who all got kidnapped by the Beyonder. Okay. And he basically kept, and he kidnapped Galactus, uh, a bunch of people who Thor fought, Doctor Doom, and a bunch of other people that Spider-Man fought, and put them on this one small planet that he made called Battle World, and told them, whoever kills, whoever's the last one standing, I'll give you whatever you want. Now, if you look at it, okay, now, they uh recreating this whole scenario. The Fantastic Four have come back to the fold. The X-Men have come back to the fold. Yeah. The true. first thing they said they were going to do with the Fantastic Four, they was going to boot Galactus in this. So, call me nostalgic, call me, hey, I'm I'm hoping that's what they do. But that's why I see it going. That's the next big phase four because when you bring the Celestials in and the Eternals, dude, Dog, that ending of Eternals is thug life. I have I haven't even seen it. <laughs> you gotta see so that. I can't even tell you, but I'm Man, telling that was gangster. For them to bring the Eternals, because the Celestials, they judge humanity because they basically created it, and they come back every so often to take a look at their work. If they ever judge them unworthy, they're gonna destroy everything. But it's like in Marvel. The way Stanley made it, it's supposed to be uh, living, sitting beings that um, judge everything, like Lord Chaos, um, the Living Tribunal. Um, okay, I'm gonna read about them. All these, all these uh, celestial entities help balance out, you know, the cosmic scale in life, and the one weapon they got to help bring balance. 
It's Galactus. He come through yeah. and he destroyed planets. He used taking out civilization. They don't need to be there no more. Now, was he first and Transformer just took that idea and created Unicron? Of course. Okay. I mean, they're going to say they didn't, but I mean, Galactus, thing, you eat planets. Galactus is Same a world, thing. is a person who eats worlds, and then Unicron becomes is a living planet. I'm like, come on. And this Transformers, we're talking about Unicron. Right. If they ever make it, it'd be awesome in the movies. Because the last time, with the last time they did um, the last Transformers movie, they let you they let you know that Unicron is actually uh in the Earth. Yeah, they did do that. They just haven't done anything with it yet. Yeah, we'll see what they go with that. Last movie, Bumblebee went bad. I mean, what you got to think about it. One guy, and then he put together his team of people. They created this whole cinematic universe. And uh, in print, and then you what during the 80s, you couldn't actually do it because special effects hadn't caught up. The 90s, you nah. couldn't do it, nope. special effects hadn't caught up because they started that's when they started doing like the X Men movies, like yeah. 2001 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But special effects still hadn't caught up until you got the Iron Man. It was like, okay, yeah, they got it about to put, and they gambled everything because they was like, dog, we messed this up, we threw. Yeah, the first Iron Man was a joint with the technology. I mean, I still watch that movie when it come on. Which one? The first Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. mean, first TNT and all them TNT and all them people are like you know what they gonna give you a whole day of Marvel. You can literally spend your whole day watching every movie that came that, for that ten year run. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I just go straight to Disney Plus. I, I want I'm, I want all the commercials. <laughs> I do it. I do that too. Cause I look yeah. at um, cause now they got on there the order in which you're supposed to watch them. Yeah, they do. Even though and, everything on there, yeah, probably because of contracts. Yeah, but when I had COVID, I was like, you know what? I just watch them in order. It makes sense, you know, when you see it in the chronological order. Yeah, a lot of people like. Hawkeye was dope. Oh, Hawkeye. Man, I'm like, okay, Hawkeye, that was pretty awesome. The way they finished that when I was like, okay. And she helped get ready to come out. So that's probably That's awesome. what we're doing next. Yeah, that's coming out soon. Bubba that's Fat coming out. That's tomorrow. Yeah, that is tomorrow. Check that out. I'm going to watch well, like the first gonna be like Maybe one or two episodes. I'm going to watch the first two episodes and I'm going to stop. I mean, it'd be nice if they just put it all out there and let me watch at my leisure, but okay. They don't do that to you. They 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 wanna just treat you like, like it's TV but streaming. Like I want it all at once like Netflix. They wanna treat you like this is Chappelle show. Yeah, like you tie wrong big and see you like you didn't want to walk out episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, you could have did two more. <laughs> okay, y'all doing like six or seven. You you can put a few more things in there, you know. No, nah, they talking about um they want they want to green light a season two, because this base is supposed to be him pass, passing the mantle to old girl. Yeah, and it, it looked like that too, pretty much. You know, and then you got the sister in the game. Yeah, but you want to look up and um. So they they building. 
slowly, but it's gonna come soon. They're gonna give you the young Avengers next. Yeah, it's slowly coming. Yeah, it's slow. They introduce all the characters. People just really didn't pay attention to it. Nah, because unless you've been watching them cartoons they've been making, you ain't really know who these people are. Yeah, like when uh, what was that? Um, Hawk. I mean, with the Spider Gwen character, they making all little mini cartoon movies for a minute. Oh man, look! I don't care who's in there. They they been that entered the Spider Verse when the cartoon movie came out. People was like, "When we gonna get Spider Gwen? When we gonna get this? When we gonna get this?" Because people don't realize this. Women love cartoons too. Yeah, they like reading comic books. They they like all the same characters. It just ain't for guys. Oh no, fair about. Sometimes cartoons relax your mind from the, the stress of everyday life. Yeah, and then they came out with uh, cosplay and all that where you can actually dress up. I'm like, I ain't never took it that far, but I really do. I respect it. Now, I used to look down at him. I'm like, you know what? I need to check this out, San Diego, when all yeah. this stuff's clear. Comic Con, I got to go. That's the Super Bowl love. I got to check it out. Cause that's that's like Starcade. That's Starcade, dude. That's the granddaddy of them all. Yeah, because like, wow, like... I know that one lady, Ivy Doom Kitty, she blew up with her her outfit she was making. She even, she put a video on Instagram where she, I guess, was with Stanley before he passed, not too long. Because she had a post of her as a female Magneto, and it looked sweet. She designed her own costumes. And they actually make these yeah. costumes by hand. They show that they be making them like, these people are very creative. They sit down and show you, okay, I'm about to do this. I'm about to do this one. I'm like, that's why a lot of people. So like COVID, man, Instagram. that stuff was banging. Like, okay. Yeah. It just it wrecked the game when that happened. Yeah, you got to recalibrate and get back to it. Wear a mask and go. Wash your hands. I can't see a Comic Con right now, dude. Not with. But uh, they've been doing them, but not in the big level right now. No, wait. See, look, okay. They did Comic Con when they introduced uh, The Rock doing Black Adam, but there was nobody there. They did this with like, okay, it was like them on the stage in like a a viewing room, or whatever. Oh, okay, but they wasn't nah, because they knew it was it would be irresponsible. Yeah, yeah, it ain't the same. Like when they brought out Loki, people lost their mind. They came out in costume and talking like Loki. Yep. Crowd went nuts. <laughs> but like if you, those if, moms live for. If you sit back and you, you know, you fall in love with these characters and somebody, you get that one person that brings this character to life and you can't see nobody else playing this like. Yeah. And they walk out in full costume, they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. That's like back in the day of Jordan walked out there at number 23. Cats would fall out. Oh, man. Joe Montana walked out there number 16 in that red and gold. They, <laughs> they lose their mind. That's my guy. I don't care nobody says that's the greatest quarterback. I know he only got four. But, man, that dude could beat anybody. Down by 10, don't. We got this. Don't worry about it. Don't give him two minutes. Joe Cool. Like, dude, we losing the Super Bowl. Like, look. We're going to go have some champagne, get this touchdown, call it a day. And you watch, like, that's what he said in the huddle when you watch the NFL films. And, like, dang, he actually did it. Yeah, he <laughs> like, don't give him two minutes. Like, okay. 
the two minute drill, dog, they talking about him. Yeah. Which leads us to John Madden, one of the NFL great coaches, Hall of Fame legends, one of the greatest people with Pat Summerall commentating football, especially Super Bowl. Passed away recently. Talk. He died. Excuse me. He died this morning. Like an institution. He died this morning on Stanley's birthday, and it was like, wow. It just hurt. Like, wait a minute. Man, his name, John, man, football. Thank you. Oh, no. He's hurt. (laughs) Oh, no. Look out. Look out. He's in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) I remember I was playing Darren, and I did that. I'm like, oh, I took your man out. Oh my God, this is awesome. He mad like, man, how you hurt him? Like, hey, this is a man's game. Suck it up. And yeah, they actually yeah. brought the ambulance on the vehicle, on the video game, and carted him off. I'm dying laughing like, oh, this game, all cold. Dude, they gave, like, when Randy Moss was playing, just chuck it up your dog and here you go get it. I was like, no, that's the yep. game. Yep. That was John Madden. Like, what the hell is he doing? It's four for one. Run the ball. Like, you right, John. <laughs> he'd be in the booth like what is this dude doing you don't throw the ball I'm like, okay then you would know you won with the Raiders then him and Pat Summerall had the nerve to play in the replacements <laughs> yes that was a great football movie ever I mean it ain't been the same some of these people are okay Joe Buck and Trey. Man, know, they don't. They suck. It ain't the same. They suck. It ain't. They cool. <laughs> You'll be snoozing, man. Monday Night Football. It ain't Saturday the same. Night Football. When Madden Summerall came, well, you'd be like, okay. You just, next thing I'm like, boom. <laughs> the history. It's like watching Jim Ross and Jerry the King lawyer call a WrestleMania match between a rock and stone cold and just giving the history of the game. They did, That's what you get with John Madden you get, you get the history of the players, where they came yep. from, what they did, what they had to overcome. You like, okay, this is cool. Now you be more invested in the game. Like, dang, I just got a snapshot of dude life. And I want funny, to, I want to set the quarterback now. This is the funny part, though. A lot of people, if you're a Madden fan, you know this. John Madden did not fly. He rode a bus everywhere. Yeah, he did. He didn't play no games. <laughs> he had he a hell of a bus, too. He had a hell of a bus. That's why when Jerome Bettis went to the Super Bowl, everybody was like, man, and his nickname was the bus. Everybody was like, dog, it's going to be like Matt. We're going to ride the bus to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yep. That was dope when it was in Detroit. Oh, uh, dude. When it they was in Detroit, I got to go down there and see the field. I ain't going to say how, but I got to go um, a few days before the game to see the field, see how the setup was. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Yeah, they cleaned the city up nice when they had Super Bowl. Now the whole NFL cool. experience, man, that was that was something to see, dude. They got more, more hotel, more room to put people. We get head. another one, it'll be awesome. Don't let the Lions make it. I'm nowhere near downtown because they win, they're gonna lose their damn mind. Dude. I'm good. <laughs> I'm right, starving for okay. some relevancy in, in football. Dude. Nowhere near downtown. If the Lions 
if the heavens was apart, the everything was aligned up, the planets were aligned properly, and the lions go and win the Super Bowl. Okay. That would be it. Yeah. You're right about that. And people lose their mind, too. It's the Lions. <laughs> That's one of those once-in-a-lifetime scenarios where nobody believed happened. They'd be like, this would be like the Little Giants, me yep. replacements, me any football movie you could ever think of. Yep, that's true. But one day it's going to happen. I don't know when, but they're going to be a real dominant football team. Man, look, they got the, they got the talent. They just can't put it all together. Yep. I'm, I'm about to see another link. Oh, wait a minute. It's still going. Yeah, it's still going. Okay. Normally, cut off at six minutes. We cool to go. That's new. <laughs> I'm all right. Man, but uh, John Madden was damn dope. I, I got just about yeah. every version of this game he done made. And it's like he took the Joe Montana football graphics and combined it with his. And just made it He's having a real small man and Joe Montana game look more, more Don Perignon like. But it's like he combined them type of graphics. I'm like, wow, this Madden? Dude. This is awesome. What was it? Madden first came out, what, 97? No, I thought Madden came out like 93, somewhere around there. Okay, we'll say 93. All right, from 93 to like, what, 99? The, the graphics, some, the, the audio was always great. Commentary yeah, was always graphics, great. Okay. The graphics, better okay. Than 2000. When it flipped to uh to PlayStation Two, and that man two thousand one came out, that's when everybody was like, okay, because your boy Eddie George was on the cover. Dude, you know the one that was the sickest game was the Vic Experience. If you knew how to play Michael Vic, you want to throw something at that person because it was hard to tackle. You mean two thousand four? Mm-hmm. Cause dude, I'm sitting here looking at all. Dude, the Vic experience was real. Like, I remember Tony down the street. We'll play him. He'll play with. I'm like, man, I can't tackle him. Like, that's Michael Vick, Jeff. Like, but it's like in real life. Like, I've been playing. Like, dude, you suck. Cause I can't stop him. Then throw the ball for touchdown. As 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 John Brown would say, I'm gonna bick you to death. Yep. And he would. (laughs) Yep. When he take off, you'd be like, not again. And you you got some talented running type quarterbacks now, but they not the Vic experience. No. Go to YouTube and look up Michael Vic highlights at Atlanta. You'll understand the Vic experience. Anybody they took, they took now the entire playbook. I remember this. All of it had Vic option. Yep. It was drawn for him to throw, but if he didn't see nothing, he can run. Yep. And make you look silly. I mean, you, you watch it in real life, like, okay. But then you playing the game, like, dog, he doing it on the game. Yeah, you can sit back and try to spy this dude. He can shake it off and run down the middle of the field for a touchdown. Like, yep. he's, he's not rough for 60 yards. Man, I'm cut the game off. <laughs> dude, <laughs> I, 
I used to sit back and like, you know what? I lost many a game to a cat running with Michael Vick. Yeah. But what they didn't realize, I was just enjoying Vic when he was running. Yeah. When you take off, I'm like, okay. I want to see what you're going to do now. Now, when St. Louis won the Super Bowl, they was a dog team to play with. Mm-hmm. But see what people didn't realize now. You remember that last year that uh, Red Favre was playing with the Vikings? Mm-hmm. And the Vikings played, uh, who was it, the Saints? Oh, they had the bounty gate on on, on, on Brett Favre. They put a bounty out on that man. They do. <laughs> I felt like Jim Ross. He got a family to be. Why they hit me like that, man? Stop Dude, it. If you that's sit not, back. That's not legal, is it? If you sit back and you go watch the entire game, you're going to be like, you're going to feel yeah. like, wait a minute, this ain't right. It's like you watching the cartoon of Buzz Bunny turn away wave like, ooh. Ooh. He don't look no more like, like he got hit like that. He's a quarterback. And the funny part was I had one of Rocky moments. Remember when um the second movie when uh-huh. the trainer told uh Apollo, I ain't never seen no man take punishment like that. And he kept coming. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need nobody like that in your life, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what Red Fire was doing. I was like, yeah, no, he keep getting up. Yeah, he he was tough doing two lot of stages, Jr. I'm say, <laughs> but they were nailing him like, oh my god, dude, they was killing him. That's that's, and they did the same to Kurt Warner. Yep, I think he played with Arizona at that time. Like, dude, y'all doing just a little more sauce on them hits. Sauce. I they know they great quarterbacks, but dog, they man, they family in the stand. What you doing? Yeah, they like, doing the movie. With, uh, that's what came out too. I think that's yeah, his, um, his movie. Yeah, we did come out Christmas, the underdog with Chuck. Yeah, is, it in, is it a theater on that. HBO Max? Is on HBO Max? I'm gonna watch that because um I know okay. I'm definitely gonna check that out too. If anybody is sitting there listening to this now, this is the biographical story of Kurt Warner. And a lot of people don't realize this. If you're a fan, you know it. Kurt that Warner got cut from the NFL. And the man was bagging groceries. Yep. When the Rams called him and said, we need a quarterback. He went and tried out and was part of the greatest show on turf. Ooh, that, this, man, but, that boy threw, hit you in stride. When he was, but but, ooh, this, show you, but this show you the point that we were talking about earlier. God will put you through something to put you someplace else. Yeah. That man... Wanted to play football, but to feed his family, he was bagging groceries. Honest work now. Yep, man, do that. Obviously, take care of his family. But his opportunity came, and he took it, and he ran with it, and now he a Hall of Famer. Yep, that's when I was glad they got in because, like, dude, he got it from the mud. I mean, you bagging groceries, knowing people talking smack, but you doing it with pride to go take care of your family. And get another chance to play the game that you believe you got talent to do. And another and he guy, showed he had the hold on, another guy that um dude who played on the Cosby show who played Elton. Yeah, I heard some he he's a he fell on hard, he, no, he fell on hard times. He was working in a grocery store. Somebody 
was trying to shame him and put him on Instagram and say, hey, you used to be on the Cosby show and now you bagging groceries. And then say, hey, I got to feed my family. This is honest work. Tyler Perry saw that and made up a role for him on one of his shows. It went from that to him working on um, uh, that show with 50 Cent, Power Book 2. Okay. And he worked on a bunch of other projects. But stay humble. And when God says your time, it's your time. Yeah. And whatever you might think of Tyler Perry, he there's a lot of people like him that try to show love to people that people try to make fun of. But they fell on hard times. Everybody yeah. goes through something. And it's tied back to Kurt Warner. Okay. They say he's a great guy. I ain't never met him. But he's seen in the way he talked. He talked humble. He mm-hmm. don't talk like I'm the man. I'm all this. You got to stay humble in life. Because if you don't, you get the big head. That's when you lose it all. Yeah. I don't care if you if you're a supervisor, if you're a custodian, if you're a bagger, if you're a porter. I've been all those things. You stay yeah. humble. You do the best job you can do. Do the hardest work in the room. That's right. People Everybody else will know. They'll know your ability. Cause they gonna see it. You ain't gotta tell nobody. You the stuff. You the man. You whatever. They gonna know it. Mm-hmm. If you're, That's if true. If you're a custodian, somebody walks to your area and they see a spotless. The people gonna tell you is gonna sing your your praises. Man, I'm man. That's so true. And I started taking them business classes. I really started learning about branding. And they know who sucked as custodian when they stay compared to one that actually do their job to their best ability. But see what it what usually happens. We all if you worked at Wayne State, you had an area, no matter what your area was. I worked all over Wayne State. Now, I worked the first floor of Old Main. Love my area. Yeah, that's not a bad area. Love Old Main. Only thing I hated was the stairs. Mm-hmm. But everything else, I tried to make sure, okay, if the students come here, I want to make sure it's clean, it's comfortable, and they can relax. That's where it's supposed to be. Yeah. Because a student, that's what I wanted to do. Any building I wanted to, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make sure that it was clean, it was comfortable, you could feel relaxed. I just feel mm-hmm. embarrassed going to class, my uniform on, and trash, trash running up the wall. Up the top. Oh, bro. They look at me like, I don't work in this building. I know no, I got green uniform. No, I don't no. work over here. I was in State Hall a few times. Well, I told the teacher, I said, can you give me a minute? He said, well, I said, man, hold on. I'll be right back. I can't deal with this. I said, this ain't my area, but I can't deal with this. And I knew the custodial closet was right across from us. I went over, got it, dumped all that junk. was like, okay, we good. Look, let's get it. I said, that's a distraction. Yeah, that's reflection. Even though I, it's not me, that's reflection on my entire department. And that's the way. If you work at Ford Motor Company, if you build cars, if you see that okay, somebody didn't put something on right, if you let the car ride off the line, that's gonna be reflection on y'all, on all of y'all. Yeah, because they ain't gonna say, "Oh, the paint department did a good job painting my car, but my seat loose." And sadly, the some I would get cool with. I hang out before class at State Hall or any building. 
they would tighten up their classrooms a little bit. They knew I had class over there them days. <laughs> I did start noticing, like, okay, they, they showing a little love. Like, dog, it, it don't take that much to clean. It really don't. Dude, you just got to take pride in what you do, man. And State Hall was the hardest building in the world. Yeah, stay here. Stay here. <laughs> and that's what it if, Hey, y'all. We didn't name it that. We didn't name it that. They nope. probably still call it State Hill because I don't know. Man. I haven't been in. I haven't been on campus in years. I did. I don't want to just take it. Boy, we. Mm. I don't want to take it down. And just walk through all the buildings. Now they have put a new elevator in there, so it might look a little different. But you had thousands upon thousands of students walk through, and you doing bathrooms, trying to pull trash. Like man, I didn't realize everybody passed through State Hall like that. Hmm. Didn't understand why they gave it that nickname. But if you actually do your job, it won't even seem like a lot of people walk through the building. That's really yeah. any building on campus. If you, you're doing your part as custodian, it don't matter if it's 50,000 pe- 50, people there. It don't matter. It's bathrooms clean, trash clean, ain't nothing on the floors. It's just people walking through. Yeah, that's but you don't you do your part. On top of it. You're going to notice, oh, Lord, this building is horrible. Who work over here? Yep. Don't let them say your name. <laughs> you don't. You are nah, man. I don't. If people talk, like you know, you ain't gonna talk about me. Mm-mm. Jeff, hard working. That's what you're gonna say about my name. But Wayne State gave a lot, and I appreciate it because that free education was beautiful. Dude, I appreciate everything I learned at Wayne State, and it's yeah. funny because the way my um the floor that I work on. It points directly at Wayne State. Okay. So every time I'm walking through, I look out and I'll be like, yep, stay humble, man. Keep grinding. Yeah, that's what I do at my job now. I always try to say thank you, please. Like, like, dude, they taught me that in business school. Attitude, how you approach people. You people get a don't lot do those courteous things no more like they should. You can get a lot more done with it. Can you do? Can you do me a favor? Can you do this for me? Versus even email. I mean, Appreciate versus do you. this, do this, do this. No, I tell everybody, I we work together. A lot yeah. of people say, "Well, do the same thing." Like you hit me on the phone. That's a bad signal. I'll be there, or I, I can call to try to help you out. But some people don't have that mindset all for self. That you have to be on that daffy duck. I'm gonna start calling for 22. Mine, mine, mine. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what 22 is. That. That's what 22 is, man. Everybody, mine, 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 all mine. Work as a team, build the Avengers. You can get something done. Yeah, you gotta be Earth's mightiest heroes, bro. For real. Because every, as Nick Fury would say. Every employee is looking for a special group of individuals to come together to do with special unique skills and mm-hmm. do a very special job, yeah. Because you want to make impact and you and you only realize you stand out. Like when they come in and work, the whole environment different, people a little more productive. When they don't come in today, energy low. People notice that stuff. You know, I get people calling me all the time. Be like, man, if you don't at work, it's like don't nothing get done. I'm like, not really. <laughs> I said, you just, you just can't call me and get what you want done right away. 
I said, but it's a lot of work that's still getting done. You just can't pull the triggers that you normally would. So I try and go up. I go above and beyond to help people out. But I tell everybody, we there to service the students. Mm-hmm. The 50,000 kids that go to DPS, that's what we work for. If there ain't no kids, it ain't no us. I don't care True. where you are, what school district, what university, you service the needs of the student. Because they don't pay their tuition, you ain't got no job. That's true. That's just that's, that's what it comes down to. When they holler enrollment and all this other stuff, okay, they trying to keep them numbers up to justify everybody. Yep. And all I tell people, you know, I want to make sure the kids have everything they need to go learn because I get tired of hearing about Detroit kids are underserviced. They don't have enough of this, don't have enough of that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? If they giving us the money to pay for, to do it, and we got the people that's doing the work, they should get their money when they promise to get their money. Now, oh, we did this. Nope. Because you always got to put yourself in that person's shoes. If somebody was supposed to pay you and you got people that's waiting on to get their money, you're going to start knocking on doors to get your money from somebody. You know, sound like Dusty Rose. <laughs> J.J. Dillon, want my money. Yep. <laughs> when they stole that money from at the bunkhouse, that pig. <laughs> yep. So you shouldn't have to go through all that. Like, you should. Put in new floors. Where is our 10 grand? What you mean? Oh, next pay period. Like, that's not cool. No. If somebody tell me something and they can prove that they did the work or whatever and we didn't pay it, I'm make sure they get paid. Because I want our reputation to be sterling that we pay all our vendors on time. Now, if somebody, if you gave your stuff to somebody and it sat on their desk for, you know, like a a school or something like that, Mm -hmm. I ain't got no control over that. But the day you make me aware that you didn't get it, I'll make sure that you get it. That's awesome. Feel that. It's been a great conversation, big bro. Appreciate you stopping by the pod. Man, no problem. You, I'm kind of um, next time I'm gonna get at you, I need to um, learn how this thing works because I'm gonna try and do my own thing. Okay, I want yeah, to branch off, man. I want to figure out how all this stuff works because you know it's time to talk about other stuff that go on, you know, uh, different perspectives. You got your, you got your show frame the way you want. I want to do something too. I'll feel you. So I'm definitely, so I'm definitely looking to do the different topics on the weekends. So covering find your purpose on Fridays or during the week, politics, relationships. Well, I already know that's going to be a hot topic. <laughs> oh man, I want to get into some like weekly. Where we, I can always, uh, I can go on. Um, I'm looking at like. You know what? When we get offline, I'll tell you exactly what I'm thinking, and then you can show me how to um pull it off. Okay. It won't take long. All right. Till next time, y'all have a good night. Play the outro. Call it good. All right, y'all. Happy New Year. Yep. Happy New Year. That is this week. But I got another pod.
rest of the week. So I'll be back. I know, but I ain't gonna be. I ain't gonna back <laughs> yeah. on before that. So yo, so all y'all out there, happy New Year. Keep um, keep striving. Keep your dreams alive, baby. All right. <laughs> Thank you.